0: hello hello everyone welcome to the bonus episode with kitty after four weeks of small chunks that we served you we are here with a bonus episode and i'm not here alone of course i'm here with Annie. Annie, hello
1: hello everyone
0: so this was technically your idea so i'm just going to serve (laughs) this to you please explain what exactly are we doing this with this bonus episode we never did the bonus episode before
1: well, technically we did a few bonus episodes before, but not like this one. So we started a mini series, as all of you know, but we also know that some people like to listen to the podcast in a full. So the bonus episode is actually the previous style of the career episode where we released the full interview of what we talked about with the guest. So you might hear some contents that if you follow the mini series, you already hear, but this is going to give the full edited version of the interview that we did with Kitty.
0: And there's also some exclusive unreleased content, right? I think so. Basically, we're going to get the rawest form of the interview that we did with Kitty.
1: Yep. And that's what um, the bonus episode is serving for. If you want to hear shorter content and you just want to zone in on the popular topics around wedding planning, be sure to tune out to the mini um, series that we did. Otherwise, you can enjoy the bonus episode as the complete interview as full. That's it for this one. If you liked our podcast, be sure to subscribe and follow and see you in the next one. Today, we have our guest who is a dear friend and also she is the principal planner at We Do Weddings. Her name is Kitty. Tell us, Kitty, uh, what do you do in simple terms and say hi to the audience?
2: Hi, everyone. My name is Kitty and I'm the principal planner of We Do Wedding. I lead a team of wedding planner or event planners and together we plan important lifetime events for people
1: mainly weddings do you do actually other events as well
2: yeah yeah we do like personal events including like birthdays you know baby shower baby parties corporate events we host galas for big companies and all that so yeah we do like different types of events it just our companies called we do weddings what do you actually
1: do as a principal planner or wedding planner on a daily basis?
2: So as a wedding planner, of course, we talk to our couple. And well, first I would say the whole journey started with a couple getting engaged and, or we actually do proposal planning too. So we had a couple who we plan their proposal and then their wedding as well. So when they, uh, when a couple decided to get married, engaged, you know, when they first started to look for planner to help them, and that's where we come in. And uh, we started to understand our couple's need. Like, for example, what kind of wedding are they looking for? Outdoor, indoor, venue, et cetera. And then get to know what they have in mind, I guess, like for a dream wedding wise. And then from there, we put a team together um, with our couple And then we tackle all the little details together.
1: So in a typical day, do you always kind of start by talking to the couple? Or is there kind of like also admin days where it's basically you and the team that is working in the background?
2: Oh, yeah, of course. Like planning a wedding or any kind of event, it does involve a lot of paperwork, a lot of logistic planning, a lot of thinking process. So, like, usually our week or our day goes by, depending on if it's a meeting day or if it's a you know, like a midday, like what you what you refer to. And with our team together, we will plan like what kind of like based on the inspiration. Then we talk about okay for this wedding, do anyone have any idea what kind of theme that we wanted to build on, things like that. And there's days that I just spend hours on my email replying to. All kinds of vendors and inquiries and all that. So yeah. It's I would say being a wedding planner or event planner is like a you're like a director, but at the same time you're the one scooping up the floor as well. <laughs> like you kind of have to do everything. So there's no set rules of who you will be. Like it's what you need to do to make this event complete. Right.
1: And you also, as you said, since you're doing everything on the day of the wedding, you are also there uh, helping with a lot of stuff, right?
2: Well, like my team is slightly different because we have, we do decoration ourselves as well. And I have a bigger team. So a lot of the uh, individual planners in town, like there's more individual planners in Vancouver here. Um, our team is a little different that we actually have a team of planners or coordinators and then uh, decorators that we we kind of help each other out. And because we are one team so that we understand um, the target, you know, what we wanted to accomplish and all that. Um, so I guess for myself, like my role is slightly different from individual wedding planners. Um, so, yeah, like you say, like we kind of have to do everything depending on what area we're looking at. So I design, I plan, I plan the logistic. I have to plan the, I guess, the surprises for them too, the guest experience, and then communicate with all the vendors in every area.
0: We also find the job, which is called the wedding coordinator. Mm-hmm. Do you know what is the difference between a wedding planner and a wedding coordinator? And do you have a wedding coordinator in your team?
2: Yeah, so for wedding planner, planner is the one who would guide you through and actually like work with you along the way and then plan the wedding with you. So that's why it's called a planner. And a uh, planner is usually the one that, it depending on what kind of package you're looking at. But for my company, we do full planning mostly. So full planning is we basically look at the overall project together. We develop the theme, including your budget. We, we will help you with your budget. You know, based on your budget, we develop the correct theme or like suitable vendors with it. And then, um, so we basically manage, we're like a project manager overall, right? So if you look at it that way, that's what it is for a planner. coordinator is you plan everything yourself. And then this person will come in. And usually they call a month of coordinator. So it's usually one month before your wedding. And you pass on everything to the coordinator. And then on the day off, the coordinator will take care of your vendors, like schedule vendors, things like that. But they don't usually come in from the very beginning.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's like a cheaper option?
2: Um, not necessarily cheaper, but yes, like cheaper option, I guess. <laughs> but no, like, I mean, there are brides who they like to do things on their own. They, they like to be more, you know, deciding on what they want and not saying that having a planner, you can't do that. But yes, like if you have a budget in mind and you wanted to, you know, consider different area, then coordinator is something and especially for a wedding, that's not too complicated. A lot of the time they will consider a coordinator instead of a planner. So that's the difference. And for my company right now, we do full planning. We only take on coordination job if we feel like the couple is suitable for it.
0: What do you actually ask these people like if they're suitable to coordinate? I mean, to plan their wedding.
2: Well, so we we always have a consultation section with our couple. It's because I always tell my couples, like, you are looking for a planner who can be your best friend. If you don't have that chemistry, it doesn't matter how long the planning process is gonna be for Vancouver, usually is half a year to a year, sometimes even longer depending on how far ahead the couple is planning for, right? And if you don't particularly like your planner, like you're liking a friend, that is not a very comfortable journey that you need to go through. So same thing for the planner too. Like when I first started years ago, of course that time, like I wanted to take on any any possible job that I can land on, right? And then over the years, I find what type of a couple that are suitable for me And what kind of couple that I like personally, and usually they're the type that would be my friend, of course. And that's why like lately, you know, uh, over the past, I think two years, I've made a lot of like clients into friends. So that's kind of a process. But in terms of how we identify if they're suitable, of course, like we, we talk to them to see how far ahead are they in their planning process, right? For a couple who's suitable to have a coordinator, usually they're very independent. So they already know exactly what they want. And it has to be feasible too. So of course, I think being independent and knowing what you want and being flexible is very important in terms of having a coordinator. And same thing with planner too. Like, I think even having a planner, the couple has to be realistic somehow. <laughs> so that's, that's where we can like guide our couple through and, you know, work with them towards their dream wedding.
0: Is it like, do you guys like get into like a contract? Like once you do the first, like, I don't know, meetings and discussions and you see like, okay, this could be my friends. But what yeah. if like once you start getting into the wedding, like you see like who they really are? Like, let's say the bride becomes like very annoying and she wants to micromanage everything. So suddenly something changes. Can you actually dump the clients in the middle of the process or it's like you're a professional and you stick to the end?
2: So of course, like we try to work it out, right? Regardless what happened, but we do have this term on our contract to protect each other that we are able to terminate the contract, either the client or the planner. You know, if we feel like it's not the right fit, then mm-hmm. we do have that right to terminate the contract, but we always try to work it out. Like I would never really just drop my clients in the middle unless it's really, really just not the right fit. And I see a better vendor for them. And I'll just be like, Hey, you know what? Like you want to consider this?
1: <laughs> Since we're talking about kind of like these independent couples who's planning their wedding, if you, I I don't know, like if you were to get married, would you want a planner? Or since you are the planner, you would kind of planner yourself. And if you were to do that, what are the checklists that you would go through in like planning a wedding?
2: To answer your question first, is that if I were to get married, I think most likely I'll plan my own wedding. But I'll definitely have a coordinator on site. And that would be somebody not from my team because I want them to enjoy the day as well. Right. Um, but for the couple out there, so we always tell a couple during the consultation um, as well, that there's five particular area that you wanted to look at. And these five really form your wedding. So first out of all is definitely your venue, right? Like you need your venue. Everything is building on your venue. And this is very important, especially for a couple who's maybe on a budget, will have a budget in mind because everything will be affected by the venue. Because if your venue is already very beautiful on its own, even though it may be a higher price point, but you're saving on everything else. So what I always tell my couple, like think from that perspective and then venue is your number one. And then it's your photo and video. Then your decoration, so decor and flower. And of course, your planner and also makeup artist. So these are like the top criteria like, We call it like our top vendor team that we have to put together. And of course, everyone else just equally important. But it just these are the ones that you wanted to secure right away when you have a date in mind. And when you have some kind of idea in mind, like this is the first thing you wanted to do.
0: You mentioned the word vendor a few times. And when I was younger, I didn't know what it means. Can you explain quickly for younger audience?
2: So vendor is, uh, people who work for you on the other project or on the wedding day on events. So they, all the vendors are basically suppliers. If you want to say that vendors are suppliers for this particular event,
1: Caterers and people who take videos, right?
2: So anybody that's working for you. So venue is venue is venue, but like everyone else basically consider as vendor,
1: right? So that's kind of like the five main pillars. But I imagine if I were to still, if I'm like really on a budget, I can't afford a planner. I don't know if I can afford a coordinator, but I really want to save money on my wedding. That five place, because you were saying that venue where you get married kind of affects other areas, right? But if I were to like kind of like chip in like on the savings, where would be kind of the three areas? I can actually save money on my wedding if I'm planning it myself.
2: If you are planning it on your own, um, definitely venue, like I say, is top one that I think is very important. If you're on a budget, look for a venue that you kind of like it on its own already. <laughs> so no, not that many decorated. <laughs> it's already pretty on its own, then that's good. You just need a little bit of an enhancement, right? You don't need like a big transformation in there. Second is consider a shorter uh period of time. So shorten your photo and video booking time, because in Vancouver it's always count by hours. So they will have like six hours, eight hours, 10 hours, or 12 hours and more package. So for my clients, like I have clients who's on budget too, right? Well, everyone has budget, just rather where your budget is. And for a couple that's more like budget is number one, then I always suggest I look at it as okay, well, do you need Well, guest count is another thing, right? Do you need all these people there? And also, do you want it to stretch out your timing so long? Then maybe you can do a lunch reception, then that really shorten the time. So that's another area that I think um, people can consider. And also after this year, I think we'll see a lot of smaller wedding elopement. I, I think that is something that we will see a lot as well. And yeah, I think those are the particular area that you can consider um, to, to work on um, and from there. But sometimes I do tell my couple though, because what I find is that for a couple who's planning on their own, a lot of the time they're spending money on area that's not necessarily. So sometimes having a planner is actually better for your budget Cause they help you to stream through, like, and streamline, and find the best fit, and work on the best timeline for you, you know, and then best venue that will fit your need. I'm
0: wondering, since we're talking about the venue so much, and also about the ways how we can save money, with COVID happening, did you ever do something like a virtual? Event, like a wedding, like people would just join online and like dress up. I don't know.
2: Yeah. Actually, this year we did a lot of, well, not the couple themselves. The couple have to be present, <laughs> but all their family and friends, they join over Zoom. Mm. So we actually did this year because of the whole COVID situation. So we did a pop-up events. That is a pop-up wedding. And then that we, we have a location. So we have a venue that day. And then basically couple just sign up to get married. And it's like, they have different time slot and they just come in. So it's about 10 to 20 people present. And then everyone else join online. And that's also working with the um, regulation that we have that time as well. And it's pretty interesting. It's, and we, we always do this like after the ceremony when a couple walk out and we guide them to like a, a more private area where they can actually talk to their friends and family on Zoom. And it, it's very interesting to see how they're interacting with, with the guests. Yeah.
1: To you, Why do you think your job is useful to the world or like contributing to the world?
2: Well, everyone needs to get married one day, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. No,
0: <laughs> not everyone.
2: Most of people, right. most people, most people would want to get married one day. And then my mom always tell me this when you say like Asian parents always want their kids to be lawyer to help their world or not. But my mom always tell me that I'm doing something great to the world and to clients and to friends around me, you know, hosting events and being able to help these couples on the most important day in their life, one of their most important day in their life. And I I think for me is being able to see them really accomplish that dream for them. And then like, you know, putting all these, like the journey towards that day is very meaningful. And then being able to see this whole thing come together is what keeps me going.
1: And it's important that it's a good memory (laughs) and not a bad one. (laughs) Yeah, Gotta start the marriage off in in the right foot, I guess you planned so many weddings and events, uh, because now that we know you do more than weddings, what is kind of like the most memorable one that you did? (laughs) In a good way? (laughs) Well, it could also be in a bad way. We we also (laughs) want to know about the bad ones. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yes, give us the best and the worst. (laughs) Well, there are many weddings or events that's very meaningful or memorable for me. But uh, if I were to recall one of them... I would say probably the one I did in, uh, LA. I think that one is very memorable because like I set different goals for myself to achieve every year. And last year I really wanted to do a destination wedding. So landed on this wedding that, uh, they're everyone's from Vancouver. Half of the guests from Vancouver. And then just like about, I think third of them is from LA. But then they decided to get married in LA. So we planned this whole wedding in three months. And then a month and a half of it, I was actually in Asia because I had something scheduled already. So I was in China and in Taiwan and then planned the whole thing overseas. Like this is the first time doing a destination wedding, right? And then this is the first time that I find out how important vendors are. because. <laughs> We plan this wedding in LA. is one of the most luxurious uh, venue or hotel resort that you can find. It's very popular on Pinterest everywhere. It's called Pelican Hill. And then I have all these design planned and I talked to this vendor there that is decorator and, and florist as well. So I send them exactly photo that they did before. But then I had my own modification where I wanted to add things. So we were communicating through email and and all that. And then on the day off, it's completely different from what I designed. Like, wow, probably 80% of colors wrong. (laughs) The draping colors wrong. The flower styles wrong. And then I was just like going crazy because like, when we're doing it here, my team will never make that kind of mistake. But then this one, I was just like panicking. But at the same time, I know my couple will be okay because they're pretty chill. But then there's more things that happen to that wedding, like leading up to it as well. Like the couple make mistakes, you know, things happen. We're in an unfamiliar place. So we just have to problem solve as we go. However, after like, after that incident happened, and then the whole wedding executed. And it was like a very romantic, very memorable day for sure. And then I became really good friend with this couple after because kind of like, you know, you, you fight through this thing together, and you have to have a very good relationship after. So I think that's something that I really remember and treasure a lot too, is how problem solving skill is really important for a wedding planner. And you never know what's going to happen. Like we always say 99% of the wedding will never go as planned. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Something will always happen and doesn't matter if it's in your control, but you can only figure out how to, you know, problem solve on site and make it happen. So, yeah.
0: So just to be sure that I got it right, the example that you gave us, was that the example of the good one or the bad one? because it seems like it had both
2: <laughs> it has both and and i think that's what happened to most of the wedding actually most of the wedding planning process it, it has both like it's never a perfect you know straightforward down the road thing. You know, it, there's always good and bad thing that happened out of the whole wedding planning journey but I'm really glad that out of all these years, it'll end it in a good way. <laughs> like it's all ended in a happy note. So, but that is like one example that more is extreme, having a both, you know, good and bad side of it.
0: So if we're talking about like the most memorable, memorable, and we were talking about the budget before, like what was the most expensive wedding that you ever did?
2: Yeah, there's a few, but I think the uh, one that, well, the, the one I personally plan is about quarter million. So that one is the one that's mm, my couple that, you know, like I I was their planner, but assisted a, a few different ones. There's ones that up to like, you know, half meal, something like that. And that's everything combined. It's not just on the wedding day. Yeah, but the one I plan, they, spend quite a bit of a budget. That one is what I would say a perfect wedding to me. Perfect as is perfect look-wise, guest experience-wise, emotional-wise. Because what I find is the more expensive wedding it gets, the less experience, like especially emotional side of it, will be missing. So it's more so a show if i If I were to be honest it's it's what it is, like those really big, like with stage and all that, usually, you don't really see the couple being emotional the the guests you 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 just feel like okay, well, they're here for a great show, and that's why we're here for is to produce this show for them, but that couple there's they're my good friends right now too, but yeah, like that wedding. It just got everything that one couple can look for on a very luxury level. We planned the whole wedding based on Korean drama, so because that's her one of her favorite Korean drama at that time. So we had a whole dangling ceiling down inside the ballroom. Um luxurious, like lots of flower in the room. Um the decoration, we have a tea stage. So they got married on the stage. Yeah, like from the experience wise, the the invitation actually came with two bottles of champagne in a box with an invitation on top. So it was hand delivered to all their guests. And yeah, so it's a lot of detail. The whole theme we call it Crystal Palace. So it's like a lot of um, you know, luxury crystal elements, very Blingy in a way but then not like to the top kind of thing and then we had a whole lighting show during the dinner time with music and their food was like uh, I think it was like $300 per person or something for their dinner reception so it's everything that I guess in the luxury tier wise that you can ask for and then the couple was like really emotional too um, the dad had a great speech and then they had like father daughter dance and everything that one wedding should have they had it so i I would say that's w- one perfect wedding if you were to say that
0: you talk about the the purpose like any you asking you about the purpose like why this is useful so I would be more interested in specifically like which part of your job do you actually like that you do on a daily basis
2: I like overall everything about my job I don't see it as a job per se like to me is is my career this is my passion and is what I like to do but if you were to say one area that I'm I guess I'm good at is to communicate with my couples and to really draw that picture of like I, I like to say the way I plan wedding is a storytelling process. And I want their guests, the couple themselves to experience the story together. So from the moment they receive the invitation to the wedding day, everything is telling the story of this couple. And guest experience is one thing that I treasure the most. And that guest experience shouldn't apply to just the guests, but also the couple themselves. So they should be able to experience just as much as their guests on the day of and um, be able to make this wedding like a memorable one for, uh, for themselves and for their guests. And that's one thing that I love is to be able to tell their story and design their wedding that way.
1: On the contrary, like what is the most challenging aspect of the job? Because I was recalling the example you gave this colors being wrong on the day of, that's almost kind of like every wedding uh, planner's worst <laughs> nightmare coming true, right? Like, is talking to vendors the most challenging aspect or there's other type of challenge?
2: Well, I think communication is definitely one thing. And um, depending, every couple is slightly different. But I would say communication with, uh, with your clients, with the vendors, and working together as a team is very important and that challenges can come in every way and i think also the trust level from your clients too like from people like if they trust you then you know you you're given permission to do a lot of communication and then it's so much easier in a way right when when the couple trusts you so i think building that trust level and then communicate with the whole team that is probably one very challenging job for a wedding planner. I usually like to describe wedding planner as a director or, you know, a, a home designer in a way is that we're building, we're shooting this movie and building this house. So you need a whole team to together in order to do so. And it won't happen overnight, right? So you need people in every area to take care of this camera and that crew and you know, that gear and and having that scene right there. And this is not going to happen with just one man job. So right. being that director is to put the right people in the right spot. And then, um you know, having this whole picture together. And so that we can film this movie. <laughs> nice movie <laughs> for, for the lifetime. <laughs> for the lifetime. That's right. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting talking about movies that a lot of the time because storytelling aspect. I would even like talk to my videographer and then we'll plan out what kind of scene that we wanted to shoot for the wedding day. Literally directing.
1: <laughs> yeah, at that point. Yeah. If we were to backtrack a little bit, uh, how did you actually end up doing this job? Like, Was it something that you always wanted to do or organically happened?
2: Mm, somewhat. Both. I think growing up, I really liked, I am a people person, so I love to social with people. I love to host events. So I did a lot of parties (laughs) back then. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, like educational-wise too. Okay. Not Not that kind. (laughs) Uh But yeah, so like I host a lot of different events and um, parties and all that to connect people. And well, I, I was, my major was communication from SFU. So that's my background. And that time I was like thinking what I wanted to do when I graduate. And um for communication is either you go into like media reporting or, well, social media was a rising star at that time. So I actually tried being a social media coordinator for a short while. And I didn't like the fact that I'm sitting in front of a computer. A lot of the time takes away
1: the people aspect, right?
2: Yeah. So then, um, I was looking into it. It's like, okay, so what can I do that I would really naturally connect with people all the time? And then I was like, okay, well, let's take this, uh, wedding planning certificate just to see how it goes. And I just kind of naturally land on a job that, you know, that's a wedding planner's job. And then just from there, everything took off and. I thought of changing my career um, a few years ago, but then, um, so I went on a soul-searching trip, kind of, to figure out if I wanted to continue this journey. So I actually went to Korea, and I I lived there for, um, I was working there, actually. I volunteered to work at a language cafe. And so I do encourage um, to try that. It's called away. So you can find jobs as overseas. And then basically, they will uh, pay for your accommodation and meal. And in exchange, you do the work for them. So I was actually teaching at a language cafe in Korea. And then that's like my soul searching trip that I was trying to see what I wanted to do. And my friend invited me to a wedding in Korea. And then when I, the moment I saw the bride walking down the aisle, I'm like, that's it. I'm going back. (laughs) You're like, this is my calling. (laughs) Well, like I tear up, even though I don't know that bride, right? But that moment I'm like, well, I guess this is still my passion and I like to do this. So I made up my mind at that moment. And then I joined We Do right after. From there, from senior planner to principal planner and now partner. So yeah. So I I think for all the audience out there, like consider, you know, sometimes you may be, you might find a little bit lost in life, but just kind of circle back and maybe you will find the right position for yourself. You mentioned that the
1: university, you study communications and uh, it kind of helps with this kind of background. What, could you be more specific, like what type of university experience helped you in this career?
2: So when I was at SFU, I was in seven different student clubs and um, I was the, um, what do you call that? Like the uh, uh, executive. Yeah. Executive, Just right. like, you know, the people in the club that's planning different events. So I was executive uh, members for three particular clubs and I planned many, many, many events. Many, many events. And, um, actually, uh, one year I was doing the, uh, marketing competition. Like we host a marketing competition, um, under a student club and we had like nine nigh- different university from across Canada and U.S. flew in. So that's one of the biggest, um, event that I did back then in SFDU. And those experience something that really build up to who I am today, I think all these experiences in school. So do try to do things that's outside of your class. Yes. <laughs> when you're at school. Like, yeah. And then like all the, my friends right now are my connection. A lot of them that I met is actually from university as well. And I think everything that you do kind of, it will turn out to be a reward one day.
1: Right. It kind of enriches your life as you go further down the line.
2: Yeah. So that's, SFU help me. <laughs> Should I contact them and be like, hey, yo.
0: <laughs> yeah, people who are not from Vancouver, Canada, what is SFU?
2: Oh, Simon Fraser University.
0: Yeah, it's one yeah. of the universities here. But how were you like before the university life, like as a teenager, like early teenager at high school? Were you also social? or party <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, I love to make, I, I love to like, yeah, social life is a big part of me. I love connect with people. So I came to Canada when I was 16. So actually, like previously, I was in Taiwan and I grew up in Taiwan. So I, uh I guess I kind of have both sides, I guess, like I, because a lot of the, I guess, more CBC or whatnot here, they came here earlier so like i kind of have both after i experienced both i guess that's what it is so well and when i was in taiwan i also was doing a lot of events in junior high already <laughs> so i guess that's what it is like growing up i just love events in general and then in high school i also joined a few clubs like you know like they have this Oh, fundraising events like we we had a few fundraising events and um, we help different charities to fundraise and so together with uh, with our team we have to come up with different ways to host the event for the fundraising and um, the search so
1: kind of like all along you were meant to help people plan events. yeah
2: even till now right and like, I, I just love events and meeting people, being a people person, connecting different people together, um, marketing and all that.
1: I think in adult friendship, after you get out of school, there's always like people kind of reluctant to plan outings. And there always needs to be an initiator, like the person who's like, hey, let's go out, let's go launch this day, this this place. Are you always that person or are your friends kind of like, hey, kitty,
2: plan, plan something for the friends? Uh, yes. So I'm always the one that's calling. So I have this group of friends from SFU and we always have our Christmas together. And most of the time is at my place. So <laughs> <laughs> most of my friends, like, I have to call for for, you know, like outings and things to do and all that. But now that I'm, a little bit too busy with life. So that part is a little bit <laughs> left out for the portion of it, but yeah.
0: What would be the alternative job for you if you couldn't do anything about events?
2: That's a very good question. Well, um, I was, well, if it's nothing to do with events, I think would be marketing. So a marketing coordinator or marketing project manager. And which is something that I'm doing right now like that that's the area that i I liked, and actually, I took a few marketing course, and there's a few, and that's the the second I guess something that I would consider to go into career wise um but yeah, and but the marketing I like though is still experimental marketing, so it's still in person, <laughs> so it's still events if you were to say that so
1: can't escape the (laughs) events
2: no i just have to have the people element there
1: (laughs) and i feel like for high school students out there when they think about their future jobs like what they like to do is always one thing but the other one is always like what they like to do can it actually offer a comfortable life because i think when i was growing up like i don't think kids care too much about how much money they made until the parents say like you can't survive on that and you're like oh okay (laughs) I didn't know about that. But do you feel like your job offers you a comfortable life?
2: Right now, yes. It's still not to the goal that I set for myself, but we're working towards it. But it's very different being a event planner as individually, not inside a big company or whatnot, right? Especially if are a wedding planner, you're a self-employee. So you're working for yourself, even though if I'm not partner of the company, you're still working for yourself. So that's something very different to start with. So I'm glad that you mentioned that because what I did was when I graduated. So I'm, I'm very, I'm very thankful for my mom, I would say, because she's very supportive for any decision that I make. And that time I told her when I graduated, I say, Hey, like I wanted to try this. I'm, I plan to give myself two years just to see how things would go one to two years. And if one year is not enough, we'll extend it to two. So that time my mom is like, okay, well, like, as long as, you know, you can pay your rent and you can, you know, live your, your life, that's fine. So that's pretty much what happened for my very first job is that I was a wedding planner. But then, what I'm making is less than working at Starbucks.
0: <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Wow.
2: That's why I had that soul-searching trip, right? Is because I bread and dream. Like, which one should I pick? Like, should I continue with a journey that I want, but it won't be able to pay for my living? So, so that's what happened. Like, I give myself two years. And I I really, truly love this industry. But then at that time, I just feel like maybe it's not the right fit. Like I'm not making enough money to support myself. So I had that moment that I wanted to change my career. And that was like after two years working in the industry. And then I decided to go for, so my soul searching trip, the whole trip was about two months where like I just went on a trip on my own and then, you know, trying to find myself, I guess. And be, right before, it, I think it's sort of sometimes destiny were meant to be just before I left the country. Um, so my current company found me and then they offered me the, a position and they would like me to join but that time I was just kind of like no I don't think wedding planning is a thing for me I I don't think I wanted to do this anymore and then I told the owner that you know like between bread and dream I'm sorry that at the moment I have to pick bread because I have nothing anymore (laughs) so you know I gotta you know it's it's like reality and you know and so, yeah. So, so then he, he told me that, um, what if I can offer you both? Will you, wow. will you come to my company? And I told him, we'll see after my trip. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I still got to search my soul first. <laughs>
2: so that enlightened moment was in Korea when I saw that bride walking down the aisle and I'll be like, okay, that's it. I think we'll give it one, one more try. And yeah
1: in the beginning, when you said you weren't making enough, was that through different companies, or were you kind of like an individual planner working
2: A different company
1: through different companies? so it wasn't you had one bad experience with one company. it was like the industry was kind of like I guess the starting salary
2: wasn't that um high salary for this industry in particular, and there's not many companies taking on actual position for a planner that is why there's so many individual planners out there and the, the company I joined they um it, it was kind of just the owner herself and then me but that time she told me because I actually started my own company already when she found me but then she told me that she would like me to be you know like she can be my mentor she can guide me through this industry and whatnot. Um, but I think it just the mentality, like our vision does not align and things I just, it, it didn't work out that way. But she did, told, like, I learned a lot from her over that time. But I think also it's because of that two years, my starting is a lot faster than everyone else. Um, cause, cause I had someone to, well, I had a lot of experience already in two years. So I consider that as my tuition, you know. <laughs> Towards what I wanted to work towards one day. So yeah, so I, I do encourage like, um, you know, young audience to really try to explore and just, just give it a try. And, you know, as long as you can cover <laughs> your basic, um, chasing your dream is, I think, something that you have to do once in a lifetime, just to see if that works out for you. And if it doesn't, then you have no regret.
1: (laughs) Good advice. If young people were to aspire to become like a wedding planner, what can they do now? I wonder, what can they do (laughs) to prepare themselves for it?
2: So I do encourage, again, like like I mentioned, try to do a lot of events. (laughs) Any kind of events provide you experience because event itself doesn't matter, wedding, birthday, corporate, the format is the same, you need the similar concept, basic of it. So the logistic is similar. So do as many events as possible and find out if this is really what you want. Because event industry is not easy. (laughs) This is not a easy money industry or anything like that. Like, I I have friends who told me like, oh my gosh, I'm making so much. I don't know where my money comes from. And I'm like, I know exactly each penny where that's coming from. (laughs) You know, like it's it's not, it's really, you have to have that passion for this industry in particular in order to stay in the industry. So yeah, try to just see if you really like to plan events, you know, try to do your friend's birthday. Try to do student clubs and and all that host different kinds of events, party consider as an event too, you know how to execute a good party is not easy,
1: yeah, it is not it is not even just like getting people out to dinner sometimes is not easy yeah it's very sometimes it's very very difficult because everyone has different ideas and schedules, and it's like oh, don't really know what's going on. You mentioned a lot about communications, and I feel like. Even being an extrovert, you're not kind of like born with these communication skills, especially I remember when I was planning these events in school, in school clubs. It's always difficult to get through some of the barriers. What are some like communication tips for people who's starting out to plan events and like struggling?
2: Well, definitely be patient and listening is very important. So listen to your audience, listen to your clients, listen to people around what they're looking for. Like you mentioned, like birth party or dinner, even like everyone different opinion, right? So how do you conclude? How do you find a conclusion out of all these different opinions and trying to convince other people? So before this job, I was in sales. So I was in sales for a long time. So being a sales is that you have to talk to different people all the time, every day. And I was in retail too. So, you know, you have to face a lot of customers. So definitely like listening is very important. So listen to what they wanted to tell you what they're thinking and what they wanted to get out of this conversation. So I think that's, that's one really important. Thing. And of course you build as you go. And, you make a mistake and then you learn from it.
1: <laughs> always, always. Thanks so much, Kitty, joining us in this episode. And we had a really fun time and I hope you had too. And thanks for showing us the world of dream of weddings and great events.
2: Thank you. That was Thank so you. fun.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank
2: you. Thanks for joining us
1: in this episode. If you are a high school student who is interested in creating content but not sure how to start, Why not join us and do it together? You can be a guest or even a creator on the show. Interested to know more? Simply click on the link in the description and we will be in touch.
0: If you like the show, be sure to subscribe and follow our podcast. You can find extra content from our interview on YouTube and TikTok. Tell us what you think on Discord and Reddit. We are How Real Life Works on all the socials. Links are in the description.